Hi there, and welcome to Totally His Running the Race, a show enabling young men and women who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Tim Harris, podcasting from EI School of Biblical Training in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for joining. This is episode 12, which means it's our final episode in this series. If you've been with us from the beginning, thank you for joining us. I trust you've been encouraged in your relationship with Jesus. If you're just now tuning in, we've had 11 other episodes in this series talking about various topics and issues, many of these episodes building on each other, and I would encourage you to check out some of those previous episodes. The teaching in today's episode is by Colin Brazier. He's the school director here at EI School of Biblical Training, and he's going to be encouraging us to finish well and yet to continue pressing on. At this time of the year, various things are coming to an end. Summer vacation from school is ending. This podcast series is ending with this episode. But of course, life continues on and our walk with Jesus continues on. As we think about finishing yet continuing, Mr. Brazier is going to encourage us with a tremendous truth. I won't spoil what he's going to say by talking about it now. So let me just go ahead and pray, asking the Lord's blessing upon this time. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to listen to your word proclaimed. Thank you for this whole podcast series and meeting in the different ways. And Father, I pray that you would use this last episode in the lives of each one that listens. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, and uh, we're here at the final podcast, number 12, and it's entitled Finishing Well. As you know, we've been working through... 12 sessions kind of geared toward Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, running the race. And in this last session, I'd like to touch on the issue of the need and the grace and the strength that the Lord gives us to finish well. This is a massive theme, a big theme in the Word of God, the need to finish well. I think most of you will recall a number of the kings in the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah who started fairly well but didn't finish well. Probably one of the most famous is Solomon. He started well. He seemed to have a real heart for God. He asked the Lord for one thing would be that he would have wisdom, that he would govern well, and the Lord was well pleased and gave him that extraordinary wisdom, but yet As he lived his life, his heart was pulled away from God and got caught up perhaps more in fame and uh, in uh, gold and silver, and he was drawn away from the Lord. He certainly did not finish well. As mentioned, this is a big theme, and I want to touch on two good examples uh, in the Word of God this morning uh, and then we want to go to a passage in Second Timothy and see some of Paul's last words and the great help that the Lord does give us that we might run well and that we might finish well. So the first example, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to John chapter 19 and verse 30. And we'll see a statement here, just three words uh, that the Lord said from the cross. Now, 
If you look in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll note that there are seven statements that the Lord Jesus makes when he is on the cross. And they are captured well in a book called Incomparable Christ by Oswald Sanders. If you've never read that, I would encourage you to read it, Incomparable Christ. It goes through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ from... Uh, being an infant, growing up, and all the way to the cross and the resurrection. And he has a section on the seven statements that the Lord Jesus Christ makes from the cross. And we're going to look at one of those briefly this morning as our first example on what it means to finish well. John chapter 19 and verse 30, it says this to us. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. They are the three words. And with that, with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. Jesus Christ finished the work God gave him to do. Jesus Christ ran well. It Clearly, if you read through the Gospels, you'll note toward the end it was not easy. At one point in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord even prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And in, in great agony, the Lord pressed on and finally would become on that cross. And one of the statements, as we've mentioned, is the triumphant statement. It is finished. I have done the work the Father sent me to do. I have laid down my life for those who do not know God, for those who are separated from God because of their sin. Jesus Christ, in His incarnation, finished. He completed the work the Father gave Him to do. And He finished well. He did it all to the glory of God. We too are to have that same spirit as we we run the race. Now, this race isn't necessarily uh, one long, long, long race. It seems to me more like it's a series of laps that you and I run, and we seem to get older as we run it, but we must press on. Uh, and at times the Christian life can seem, as it were, somewhat mundane. We're doing the same things over and over. Uh, if you work in the same job, or perhaps you're at school, and, and when am I ever going to finish school? But yet it's in those arenas, it's in those opportunities that we are to run well and to have the same spirit. Another example I want to give you briefly is that of the Apostle Paul. And I love this section in Acts chapter 20. So if you have your Bible, go on one book to Acts chapter 20. And verse 24, and we're kind of jumping in to a, a short section where Paul is saying goodbye or farewell to the Ephesian elders, and he's about to head back to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, in chapter 21 of Acts, he'll be arrested, and, and eventually uh, he will end up in prison, and he'll end up in Rome, and that takes us to the end of Acts chapter 28. But for now... In saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders, who try to persuade him, by the way, not to go. Don't go back to Jerusalem. You know what's going to be there. You know what will happen to you there. But this is what Paul says in chapter 20 of Acts, and we'll pick it up in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, or moved or directed by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. 
not knowing what will happen to me there. I'm going to go to Jerusalem, he says in verse 22, and I don't know all that will take place. But this I do know, verse 23, and this is building up to the key verse 24. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships will face me. And he knows that this is so. And then verse 24, this is his spirit. However, in spite of that, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What is that task is testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Let me read verse 24 again. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. What an example. In a way, Acts chapter 20 verse 24 could be Paul's mission statement. He understood that Jesus Christ had given him a task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace, God's good news. And he ran well looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't avoid hardships, and sometimes those will come. But to run well is to do what God is calling us to do faithfully and to do it looking unto Jesus Christ or considering Jesus Christ. At a Desiring God conference um, some years ago, Jerry Bridges uh, made these statements regarding four essential elements of finishing well. He said to those that were in that meeting at the Desiring God conference, these are four things that we need to keep in mind every day if we are to finish well. Number one, daily time of focused personal communion with God. Daily time, each day, I focus my heart, my life to personal communion, my relation, I focus on my relationship, I spend time with the Lord. Secondly, he said, another absolute essential is the daily appropriation of the gospel. In other words, he's saying, every day I remind myself of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he saved me from my sin, that he placed me in Jesus Christ, that he has set me free to serve him, that I now know the love of God, and so on, the daily appropriation of the gospel. Thirdly, he said, a daily commitment to God as a living sacrifice. Each day I need to give myself or I need to remind myself that I am a living sacrifice. My life belongs to God, not to me anymore. These are things that he said are essential if you are to run well and to finish well. And if you want to think of, again, the Christian life as a series of laps where you run and you run and you might think, well, I've done that already. Yes, you have. But we keep on running. And uh, again, the need to daily commit myself to God as a living sacrifice. And then fourthly, Jerry Bridges would note this as the fourth element of finishing well. A firm belief 
in the sovereignty and in the love of God, a firm belief, a knowing, a reckoning, a agreeing with the fact that God is sovereign and that God is a loving God. So no matter my circumstance, no matter my situation, I rest in who my God is. I know that he is sovereign. I know he is a loving God. I know he is a good shepherd and I will trust him. So once again, I briefly want to mention the four essentials of finishing well. Number one, a daily time of focused personal communion with God. Number two, a daily appropriation of the gospel. Number three, a daily commitment to, to God as a living sacrifice. And then fourthly, a firm belief in the sovereignty and in the love of God. Note again that these are daily, that we need to walk daily with the Lord if we are to run well and if we are to finish well. So, this must be in our hearts if we are to run and to finish the race that the Lord has set before us. And so we come to, in the last section here, a final practical application. And we find it in Second Timothy chapter 4. We know this is true. We know we ought to run well. We know we ought to finish well. But let's go to Second Timothy chapter 4. And I want to read, this is the last chapter or the last section of the last letter that we have from Paul in regards to what the Spirit of God led him to write and to record and that the Spirit of God has chosen to keep for us. And it's important to to get this insight and this understanding of what it means to finish well. Let's begin then with chapter 4 and we'll read verses 6, 7, and 8 with chapter 4, verse 7 being the central part of that. He says this in verse 6 of chapter 4, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. Remember, he's very close to death at this point. And the time has come for my departure. Verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And verse 8, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What a great section. Verses 6, 7, and verse 8. We hear his desire to, to glorify God. We hear his desire to finish well. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. All three are past tense. He's done that. He knows that soon he will be with the Lord. Yet we read on in the passage, just that, put that out there, and we read on in chapter 4, and we come to verses 16 and verse 17. And this is really where I wanted to mainly focus this morning, because when we run this race, when we, we seek to, to be honoring to God, and, and um, it seems lap after lap after lap of races, we must remember, we must realize that the Lord is with us. We know verses like, He never will leave us, He will never forsake us. We know these are so. But listen to these verses in verse 16 of chapter 4. At my first defense, at my first defense, he says, no one 
came to my support. But everyone deserted me. And then he makes this note. May it not be held against them. Listen to the circumstance. At my first defense. So he's standing there on trial for his faith. At my first defense, no one, not one person, not one physical person came to my support. Not one testified on my behalf. Not only did they not turn up, but he makes this statement. Everyone deserted me. Everyone left me. Now the Lord knows himself. The Lord Jesus Christ knows what it means to be deserted. If you remember uh, when they came to arrest the Lord, everybody ran, right? All the disciples ran. There's a, a unique statement uh, describing Peter that he followed at a distance. But here with Paul, everyone deserted Paul. There was no one, not one. But he wasn't alone because he understood that the Lord Jesus Christ was with him. And this is what we want to really focus on this morning. Verse 17 uses the term but or however. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord stood at my side. The Lord didn't deserve. We have a friend. We have a Lord, we have a Savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. Even when everyone else deserted Paul, the Lord stood at my side. Not only did he stand at Paul's side, Paul goes on to say, he stood at my side and gave me strength. Isn't that wonderful? That's an incredible statement. And he gave me strength. To be faithful, to finish well. We know in Psalm 46 verse 1, you don't need to turn there, I'll just read it to you. It says to us this, that the Lord is my ever-present help in times of trouble. Or the ESV puts it this way, a very present help in trouble. A very present, he's right there with, with us in trouble. The Lord will not forsake us. He will not leave us. We must know, we must realize that the Lord will stand by us the whole way. So when you're running and you might find that you are feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling like you want to give up, know that He is right with you. You have to, I have to know that. He is a good shepherd. In fact, not only is He right with us, He's in front of us. And he is running before us. And you and I must keep our eyes on him. Now, I've done quite a bit of running, talking years ago here. And one of the things that we were encouraged to do in these long-distance races was, if you're, if you're struggling, what you need to do is focus on the shoes of the person in front of you. Especially when you're going to go up a hill and you're running and you're tired and you feel like walking. Just look at that person's shoes and just let them carry you up or pull you up that hill. I've done that many a time. Here at EI, uh, on the first day of school, we take all the guys out and we run the loop. And uh, I haven't run... Uh, for years, uh, excuse me, for, 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 for a few good months, and so I know I'm out of shape, and I, I, I ask the Lord to strengthen me to run this loop, and there are many a time I come to that one hill, and I know where, exactly where it is, and I, I look at the shoes of someone, and they pull me up that hill. That's, 
you know, it's a picture and it's helpful, but we need to realize that when we run this race, we must know that the Lord is a good shepherd and he's in front of us, as it says. He's a present help, a very present help in times of trouble. Now, in conclusion, with this in mind, that the Lord is by your side. He will not desert you. Not only is he by your side, but he gives you strength, Paul says. He gives you strength. It must make us realize he is a friend that will never leave us nor forsake us. I'm sure some of you have experienced people letting you down. You thought they were your friend, but when it came down to it, they didn't show up or they deserted you or they denied that they knew you. But the Lord will never do that. For the Lord created us for friendship, as it were, with God. We are made for friendship or fellowship, as it were, with God. And this is important to to comprehend briefly as we close this podcast series. He doesn't want us just to simply know about him facts and figures and, and statements, but he wants us to know him personally, to actually know who he is, to experience, as it were, his friendship. How do we know this is so? Again, in James chapter 2 and verse 23, it says to us that Abraham was known as God's friend. And that's an incredible statement. Abraham was known as God's friend. You can read that section in James chapter 2 and particularly verse 23. Another section that's helpful to think in regards to our friendship, as it were, with God, is in John 15, verse 13. It says, Greater love has no one than this, that they, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And we know, obviously, what that is indicating, the Lord Jesus Christ laying down his life for us. No greater love. There's no greater love than this, the Lord says, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ lay down his life for you and me that because we are, as it were, his friends, a friendship with God. An amazing thing to note and to keep in mind as you as you run this race. Many of you are very young, but just realize that this is Christianity. It's knowing God. It's having a, as it were, friendship with God. And out of that, you declare him. You declare who he is and you declare what he has done on our behalf. Jonathan Edwards, a theologian from, from the last century, a man who uh, preached some incredible uh, messages and was involved very much in, in, in revival and so on, said this. Let it be our first love to enter into an everlasting friendship with Christ that shall never be broken. Let it be our first love to enter into an everlasting friendship with Christ that never shall be broken. What a wonderful statement to bear that in mind. And so as you run the race, looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, know that He is by your side, as it were, that He is right with you. 
and He is giving you strength. And though everyone else may let you down or they may, as it were, desert you or you may feel, is it worth it? Know that it is, for the Lord is by your side and He is a friend forever, a committed friend. And thus we can run well and we can finish well looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we close with these verses once again. Chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you use your word in our hearts by your spirit. And I pray for these young people listening to these messages, that you would encourage them onward. Oh, Lord, help this generation honor you. Lord, this young generation have a heart to know God and to proclaim the true and the living God. Oh, Lord, as you declare to us, as your word says, that we are to be holy as you are holy. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Totally His Running the Race. I trust you are encouraged as you seek to grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to listen to more messages that will be an encouragement in your walk with the Lord, go to the school's website, www.eibibleschool.org, and click on the Resources tab that's at the top of the page, and then you can select the audio library in the drop-down. Training students to develop a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ that expresses itself in a life devoted to the advancement of God's kingdom is why EI School of Biblical Training exists. We offer a two-year unaccredited associate's degree where students attend classes, hear the Word of God taught, study the Word, and are encouraged to develop their relationship with the Lord. Our classes are designed to be both intellectually challenging and heart-searching. Some stay on for a third year and work towards getting a bachelor's degree. If you'd like to find out more about the school, visit our website, www.eibibleschool.org. Again, that's www.eibibleschool.org.